Good morning, everybody. It is great to have you here in the house or joining with us online as we conclude our series, Jericho Walls, a series on courageousness in tackling the many walls that come up not only in our neighborhoods, but in our homes. We, we've handled a bunch, anxiety, generational sin, bondage, incapability, the wall of disregard or shame, impossibilities. How about the wall of vengeance and folly, self-reliance, and then last week, judgmentalism, and this week, we conclude our series in Joshua with another wall. And it's gonna be a wall that many of us sometimes struggle with. And it's a wall that um, we can often find ourselves on the edge of it, but then we have difficulty following through. I don't know how many of you, I know we um, now are communicating to people far outside just our town here. Um, Some are traveling 30, 40, even 50 minutes to church here. And if you do that, I pray you have a great conversation on the way. You maybe stop for something on coffee on the way. It's good to have you here. But I don't know if we got some locals in the house, but I grew up on 111 North 9th Street in a row home in Perkasy. And one of the things we did in the summer is we rode our bikes around, okay? We went to places like Lesher's and things like that. But one of our stops was Menlo Pool. And one of our favorite things to do is something that's no longer there. Now, now we didn't have this fancy pool all the kids go to now, okay? But we did have a really nice pool and we'd go to Menlo Pool and there was a low dive. So that means there was a high dive. Yeah, they don't, they don't go over too well in 2022. But back when they didn't watch us, no, no, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> but you had to pass a swim test. And when you pass the swim test, you would sometimes get like an anklet, all sorts of things that you pass the swim test so that you could go off the high dive. And so you climb the ladder and it was significant height. And when you get to the top, you realize how far it is. And as you're walking out, you're like, man, this looked a lot lower down there than it does here. And you come to the edge and you got a decision to make. Are you gonna jump or are you gonna go back and scoot back down the ladder and pass the nine-year-old girl behind you who's about to go? (laughs) And see, as you get out to the ladder and you get out to the edge of the board, you've got two visions of how this is gonna go. The one vision is it's gonna go awesome and all your friends are like, you did it, you jumped, okay? And then you have this other vision and that's the vision of if I go back down and go past the nine-year-old girl who's gonna go behind me, I have to face all my friends who are gonna say probably not nice things to me if I don't jump. And so you're at the top and your friends begin to encourage you. You know, junior high encouragement, jump you wimp, you know. I gotta jump, I gotta jump. And, and, and this illustration has been leveraged by business corporations, by organizations, different talks through leadership. And it's been leveraged to speak of a principle called double vision. And, and many of you, if you've been in our church, have heard me leverage this principle before a double vision. That, that a, a vision is casted and it can go two different ways. One is attractive and one is repellent. But either vision causes you to take action and commit to a choice. The the attractive one pulls you. The vision of, I'm gonna jump off of this, I'm gonna land it, I'm gonna come out, my friend's gonna be like, whoa, that was awesome, I've never seen a cannonball splash that big. And then you have a negative vision of you chickening out and going back down and being made fun of and sheepishly walking to the snack shop for a soft pretzel. 
Both are visions. One's attractive and one's repellent, but they both move you to a commitment decision. What are you going to do? Are you going to jump? Or are you going to walk away? How many of you, don't raise your hand, don't point to somebody, even if you're home or on the couch. How many of you struggle with commitment? We, we can talk about doing things our whole life, can't we? But to actually decide to do it is a whole different story. I don't want the young couples in here, if he's like, keeps dilly-dallying, right? Girls are like elbowing him. Hello, struggling with the commitment. That's why we came to church today. But maybe you struggle with commitment. And it's easy for you to talk about as a whole other thing for you to do. I think we all, at some point in our life, have struggled in the areas of commitment. I mean, we can talk about this vision of changing jobs and doing this direction for the rest of our life. But there's going to have to be a choice. And the reason we don't make the choice often is because we are afraid of the risk involved. We're afraid of what others might think. And there's a lot going on up there at the top of the diving board. I don't know how this is going to go, but you know what? I don't like that one. So here we go. And you jump and you hit the water. You're down under the water. You start swimming up and you're grateful that it's 10 to 12 feet deep. And as you get to the top, you're like, oh, wow. And if you ever see a young person do this, they, they swim over to the side, they go up the small ladder, they come out and go, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> you see, there is so much power to just making the decision to do it. And we waste so many hours, so much mental energy, so much journaling time, so much talking, when the power and the freedom and all the energy to get it done only will come if you jump already. And in the commitment, you move forward. What, what, what possibly are you struggling to commit to? I use that imagery, I use that illustration, I use that principle for our wall today, Jericho walls, the wall of commitment. Heavenly Father, as we open up your text today and we close out this series that we truly believe you've guided and providentially led our church through for the fact that we're here in chapters 23 and 24, where Joshua is renewing the covenant with the people on the day that we start and move forward into this next chapter as Renew Bible Church of Percocy. I pray that this wall of commitment that we have chosen to go through will be one where we see you in a mighty, mighty way. So Lord, continue to use your word. We love your word. We love your scripture. It's why we've tuned in today. It's why we've come into the house today to hear from you. And so Lord, use your word to once again Help us commit to following you. It may take some risk at times. There might be some times of difficulty. It might mean we've got to take on some fears. It might mean we have to jump knowing you'll catch us. But Lord, in the commitment, we're going to find freedom and we're going to find strength. Lord, help us to be people that have committed our entire lives to you, especially in the day and age we live. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Oh, we got to conquer at this point, Joshua. We're in chapters 23 and 24, and Joshua has taken over the promised land with God's direction and leadership and strength. He has sent the tribes to their side of the Jordan, and it's time for him to kind of give a farewell or final charge. And he calls in the leaders of the congregation to do so. Why? Because everything rises and falls on leadership we so often see. And so he says, I want to tell you something. Have you ever had the privilege to be by someone as they are nearing their time of death for them to say, I have a few final words? I mean, it's terrible that there's loss, but at the same time, when you know they're going to glory, to hear them go, hey, knowing I'm leaving, this is one thing I want to impart to you, Chris. It is something worth leaning into and listening. And this is exactly the exact emotion of Joshua as he calls in the leaders and says, I've got one thing yet to share to you before I go talk to the people. And so Joshua now is older in years and he has a charge to the leaders, especially in chapter 23. I'm gonna read that to you. A long time afterward, when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their surrounding enemies and Joshua was old and well advanced in years, Joshua summoned all of Israel, its elders and its heads, its judges and officers, and said to them, I am old now and well advanced in years, and you have seen all the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake, for it is the Lord your God who has fought for you. Behold, I have allotted to you an inheritance for your tribes, those nations that remain, along with the nations that I have already cut off from the Jordan to the great sea in the west. The Lord your God will push them back before you and drive them out of your sight. And you shall possess their land just as the Lord God promised you. Therefore, be strong and very courageous. Keep in, excuse me, therefore be strong to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. Turning aside from it neither to the right hand nor to the left, that you may not mix with these nations remaining among you or make mention of the names of their gods or swear by them or serve them or bow down to them but you shall cling to the Lord your God, just as you have done to this day. For the Lord has driven out before you great and strong nations. And as for you, no man has been able to stand before you to this day. One man of you puts to flight a thousand, since it is the Lord your God who fights for you, just as he promised you. Be very careful, therefore, to love the Lord your God. For if you turn back and cling to the remnant of these nations remaining among you and make marriages with them so that you associate with them, and they say to you, know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you, but they shall be a snare and a trap for you, a whip on your side and thorn in your eyes until you perish off this good ground from the Lord your God has given you. And now I'm about to go to the way of the earth, Joshua says. And you know in your hearts and souls, all of you, that not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you. All have come to pass before you. Not one of them has failed, but just as all the good things that are the Lord your God promising you, concerning you, have been fulfilled for you, so the Lord will bring upon you all the evil things until he has destroyed you off this good land that the Lord your God has given you. If you transgress the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow down to them, then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and you shall perish quickly off the good land he has given you. 
And all new covenant Christians go, amen, I'm glad I'm not in a conditional relationship with God anymore. He unconditionally loves me. But we can see how conditional it was in this old covenant during this time of God in Israel. And we see Joshua saying, this is what I've got to share with you. And did anybody hear a trending phrase? I tried to exude it from my mouth. The Lord, your God. It's almost like he knows you're walking away. You're slowly walking away or you're not as committed as you're gonna have to and you're not moving forward into your future, Israel, with the challenges you face, wondering if he's your God. He is your God. He has shown you, he said, that he loves you. He has shown you he will fight for you, but he has also shown you, unless you obey, you're not gonna experience the blessing you've been given. Obedience is always the pathway to blessing. And so now that he has told the leaders, it's time to go talk to the congregations. And your Bibles might have it as the covenant renewal at Shechem. What's going on here? Joshua is gathering all the people into the valley and he's gonna renew the covenant. Now, our church, we've kind of grown to love words that begin with re. Have you ever bought a car and you thought you were the only one who owned that car until you drove out with the car and you realize how many people have your car? Especially if you bought a Honda Odyssey. Somebody's got yours, okay? You see your car everywhere, right? And it's like, oh, I thought it was us, but then you see it because it begins to pop out. Why? Because it means something to you. And something that means something to us is all the wonderful re's of scripture. It's inspired our name. We were given a title, and for 124 years it was wonderful, but we really have been praying that God would give us and lead us towards a name. And over the past four years or so now, from inside meetings all the way to here, Renew Bible Percusy became something we felt God leading us to and trusting him with because we knew there would be challenges, we knew there would be difficulties, we knew... It was going to take a lot, but oh, all the rewords started popping out of scripture. I mean, they're everywhere. Redeemed to buy back. Regenerate, formed or created again. Restored to put back to a former state. Refresh to restore strength. Reveal to make known. Rebuild to build after damage. Reward to give regard or recompense to. Regain to have what once was lost. Refine to free from impurities. Revive to bring back to its original state. Rejoice to be glad continually. Repent to change one's mind. Remember to be mindful of. Return to go back to. Renew to give fresh life. To extend. To resume. Often what has been interrupted. And you know what? As we continue to move forward, having made the commitment we began to see that this isn't something new for our church. This is kind of part of our DNA. This is part of our character. This has been something that's been going on for a long time. For we're not a trend. We're not something new. This church has been around for some 124 years. It was in 1898 that a group of believers purchased a property for $324 
Some of you spend that in gas this month, okay? They bought a church and stepped out in faith and they wrote a document that day and sent it into the Association of Philadelphia to say we are becoming a church. And the first line, it says, Dear brethren and sisters, God has great work to do in Perkesy, Bucks County, PA. Oh, did they have an idea then by God that he was gonna do a great work in Perkesy. And over the next 124 years, you are part of that document of what they prayed over and believed and moved forward. And now we're excited because just this year we voted to purchase that property back and move in our revival's missionaries, the Mellers, that were renovating the house next to it so we can restore the chapel and use it for revival's ministry. See, this renewal isn't something new. It's part of what our church does. In 1964, they went out of their way and bought for $12,000 a property on 5th Street outside of Perkesee. Note, on the bottom left-hand corner of that picture, 5th Street is gravel. And for $12,000, they purchased this. And even then, it is in the books of our church that, that there was someone who disagreed with the purchase and thought it wasn't a good use of money and refused to sign the document. Man, I'm glad they didn't have a lot of influence or I wouldn't be here today. But they stepped out in faith. So you can see even back then, there were times where you had to jump even if everyone didn't agree with it. You had to make a decision and they did and they built it. Does that look like Noah's Ark going up or something? Oh, but we have been in a business of renewing that facility to even in 2022, this fall next week, kids will pile into that auditorium purchased and built in 1964 and in 2022, Renew will be having Renew kids in there and seeing people come in with their children. How many of you have come because you wanted your kids to have a place where they could hear the word of God and grow in their faith? And it's all happening in a facility. See, we've been in the business of renewing things for years. Oh, we outgrew that facility that's right in the front of the property. And in 1972, they said, we want to invest into the younger generation. This church has always been a church that says, we must invest in the younger generation. You have no idea how many times I have people come into this church and go, how do you have so many young people in this day and age? Young people aren't coming to church. And I said, I know that is truth in churchdom, but we are not seeing that here at Renew. Why? We've always invested in the next generation and many of our staff, if not all of our staff have grown up here or a major part of the ministries before they worked here. Oh, in 1972, that's what the cars looked like. You see them? But in 1988, because of growth, we actually took that gym and we turned it into an auditorium and we began to do worship services in 98 there. See, we've been renewing buildings for years and trying to make the most and be good stewards of what God has given us. And 
Next month, as our building project begins, and it's gotta get worse before it gets better, a drywall's going up there the last week of September, which we're gonna lose some seats. We're gonna do a live singing service along same exact music and, and singers that you'll see the screens from this room down to there. We're gonna have one of our pastors or two of our pastors down there. We're gonna have a prayer time there and everything, but we're gonna use that auditorium as part of our overflow as we move through this season of building. Why? Because we've been in the business of renewing facilities in our church and renewing people's lives for years. In 2016, the Lord led our church's leadership up to a, a restaurant on the top of the Ridge Road. We walked through it and a vision was casted. What if we turned this into our outreach center? And now in 2022, we have drive-through lines that during COVID matched that of Chick-fil-A. People come there and thousands of free meals are given out. A counseling ministry has begun. A resource center has been there to help the community as well, along with other ministries like back to school haircuts, giving out backpacks, shoes, gloves, coats. All these initiatives have been born out of revivals on top of revivals mobile trailer that goes throughout our community showing the love of Jesus Christ. We've been in the business of renewing things for a long time. It was 2001. The church again, having moved into its gym, thought we should build another one and invest into the next generation. We put up a gymnasium. If you don't know where that is, you're sitting in it right now. And that gymnasium, the youth group industry continued to blossom and grow. And it was in 2012, there was a commitment service to turn this building into our main auditorium led by some weird youth pastor at the time who thought they should move into the gym and the church trusted it and off the next 10 so years went until we sit here today, God's leading us into this next vision in a building that we renewed. So renewal is really important part of our DNA as a church. And so I'm very curious, Joshua, when you do this renewal of the covenant at Shechem, what are some things I can pull out of this in my own life, but maybe for my family? Because I bet there's a family in here who's exhausted. I bet there's a life in here that is completely overwhelmed. And I bet there's some people that might be listening who are so sick and tired of living their life this way. And when you say the word renewal, even if it demands tremendous change, even if it demands walking out to the edge of the diving board and a couple people thinking you're a little bit crazy, I'm not spending the rest of my days like this. I'm jumping. So I'm curious, what's going on with this renewal? Because I think everybody listening could use a little renewal in their lives. And if God is a God of renewal, if God is a God of fresh starts, I want to hear what scripture says. And so Joshua calls down all the people into the valley. He gathers all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, the officers of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Remember where Shechem is. Let me give you a little geography lesson, a current day view of Shechem, because we're not talking about ancient stories, we're talking about actual accounts, okay? There's Mount Gerizim, there's Shechem where the ark was, and this is Mount Ebal. Obviously, this is a modern day picture. This is the Mount of Cursing, this is the Mount of Blessing. It's an illustration, not only an amphitheater. And Joshua's there, because he didn't have loudspeakers and things like that, and he's gathered all the people around, and he's going to give them his farewell message, which is called 
called the renewal at Shechem. Listen to what he does. He says this, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, long ago your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates, Terah, the father of Abraham and of Nahor, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and many of his offspring, and I gave him Isaac. And to Isaac, I gave Jacob and Esau. And I gave Esau the hill country of Seir to possess. But Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. And I sent Moses and Aaron. And I plagued Egypt with all, with what I did in the midst of it. And afterwards, I brought you out. Then I brought your fathers out of Egypt and you came to the sea. And the Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. And when they cried out to the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and made the sea come upon them and cover them. And your eyes saw what I did in Egypt. And you lived in the wilderness a long time. Then I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived on the other side of the Jordan. They fought with you and I gave them into your hand and took possession of their land, and I destroyed them before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and fought against Israel, and he sent and invited Balaam, the son of Bar, to curse you. But I would not listen to Balaam. Indeed, he blessed you, so I delivered you out of his hand. And you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho. And the leaders of Jericho, they fought against you. And also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And I gave them into your hand, and I sent the hornet before you which drove them out before you, the kings of the Amorites. It was not by your sword or your bow. I gave you a land on which you had not labored and cities that you had not built and you dwell in them. You eat the fruit of vineyards and olive orchards that you did not plant. There is one message when I hear renewal. There is one message that seems to reign through. It's all about God. He brings the renewal. And part of the reason you might be fried is because you think you got yourself where you are. Part of the reason you're fried is because you think you have to protect your future. Part of the reason you're fried is because you're overwhelmed at the thought of providing for your family over the next 30 years. Part of the reason you're fried is because you think you're the one who directed you to that college. Part of the reason we're fried is because we think it's about us. And God's saying, you want renewal? How about we back up and remember all I've done for you? I brought him into your life. I brought her into your life. I gave you the land where you built your house. I provided you for a job so you could have the sustenance to do this. I provide the food. When we get overwhelmed, it's because we think we're God. And he said, I'm God. Remember that. It's always about me. And Joshua, I just started putting in my notes. I said, I got to remember this. God says, I established you. I brought your fathers out. My own salvation. Jesus loved me while I was yet a sinner. It is by grace I have been saved through faith, not of my own, lest I should boast. It's a gift. I established you, Chris. I called you out. It says, God, God, not only that, he won your battles. It was not by your sword or your bow. You think this was about you? Well, it kind of felt like it. I feel like I accomplished a lot. I gave you the strength. Remember you were crying in your bed the night before that? Yeah, I was pretty upset. Yeah, I was there for you. You were. I'll be there again. You will. 
I bring renewal. I, I, I established you. I won your battles. He continues, I gave you your land. I gave you a land on which you had not labored in the cities that you had not built. God, I got to provide for my house. Whose house, Chris? Because I remember that prayer walk. I believe you asked me to provide you a place to live with your family that whole time. How quickly are you forgetting that was about me? Well, I kind of made it about me because I'm pretty stressed out right now. I know that. And that's why you need renewal. I established you. I won your battles. I gave your land and I provided for your needs. I did that. Joshua says, don't forget what God has done. And he's also the only one who offers renewal. What's wonderful and what's so amazing about being a child of God is you serve a God of fresh starts in a world that doesn't like to give second chances. Oh, it says it does, but it actually attacks and destroys. And sadly, even within the body of Christ, tries to bury people alive. When God's a God, of renewal, but you gotta commit. You can't have your cake and eat it too. The call of serving God demands sacrifice and you're gonna have to sacrifice the God of comfort. You're gonna have to sacrifice the God of everybody saying you're great. You're gonna have to sacrifice the God of sometimes possessions and wealth and things like that. He demands full commitment. And that's where Joshua is at. And he tells them three things he wants to see renewed in their life. First, he says this, renew your serving. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Let that be a lesson to us. Is there anywhere in your life you're serving? I'll challenge my college students listening in their dorms. Are you serving anywhere? It's tough sometimes to figure out where you can do that on a college campus. I'll challenge anybody in the house. Is there anywhere you're serving in your Christian life? If you wanna see renewal, it's not gonna be about serving yourself. It's gonna be about serving other people. He gives a second one. He says, renewed dedication. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. You can't serve the gods of this world and experience renewal in your life. It doesn't go that way. It demands dedication. And then he adds the third thing, renew your commitment. And here's where he says some of the verses that many of you know, and that it leads up to something that many of you have possibly on the wall in your house. He says, and if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river. I mean, if you want to go back to Egypt and serve those gods or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. If I put it in modern language, you want to serve the gods you used to serve before you came to Christ or do you want to serve the gods of, well, our churches in the United States. So the gods of the United States, you can do that. And if it seems evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, I always step back from that. It seems evil. How many of you now can understand this more and more in the time periods we live? It's almost gotten to a point where you stand on some of the truths of scripture, people call that, that's evil, that's terrible. That's so upsetting. No, that's actually truth. And so Joshua says, look, if you wanna go do that, go do that. You wonder, were there people that started to leave the hill? Hey, all right, come on, sweetheart, let's go. Kids, come on, come on. 
If it seems evil for you to serve the Lord, choose this day you will serve. And then Joshua drops the bomb. He says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If I'm going down, I'm going down on this one. If I'm getting backed up against the wall, I'm getting backed up on this. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Wow. I started writing stuff down. This is coming from every part of Joshua. I mean, think where Joshua's at in his life now. He's an older man now. He's well into what is believed to be 100, 110 is when he passed around. And so you have Joshua here at this final years of life. And he says, hey, look, if it seems undesirable or if it seems disagreeable, he says, basically, that's what evil can be translated as there, to serve the Lord, well, then choose who you're gonna serve. But as for me and my house, I wonder if he looked over at his family. We're gonna serve the Lord. This is the ship I'm sinking with if it's gonna sink, but he knows it's not because he has a massive God. He watched God when he was in the middle of a battle send hailstones. He watched the sun stand still. He watched Jericho's walls fall. He goes, you know what? You can have your world. I'm going with the God of the impossible. Oh, with his whole mind, I put, that was spoken from such a deep knowledge of who God is with his body, spoken from a life of experience. You ever wonder how many scars that man must have had on his body from all the battles he fought with God? His whole soul, his heart, spoken from a heart of faithfulness. Do you know how many fears Joshua went through? Do you find yourself to be like, I'm I'm kind of timid in my heart. I try to be brave, but I'm actually quite scared. Then you're a Joshua. For Joshua moved forward despite being terrified. And God proved faithful to him. And with that entire life experience, one of the reasons on Thursday night, we had two of our more experienced men in our church come and pray for us. Because with all that experience, he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In other words, here's the diving board. I'm jumping in. How can you believe that? You really believe that in this day and age? How can you stand on that? You think that's truth? That seems a little controversial to believe that. I'm going with him. Because if I'm gonna sell my life out for anything, it's gonna be with Jesus. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord and serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God that brought us and our fathers out. They heard the sermon. They were like, let's go for out of the house of slavery. And he did great signs in our sight and preserved us all the way that we went and among the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we will also serve the Lord for he is our God. I mean, they heard the sermon. They're like, let's go. But Joshua said to the people, yeah, that's awesome, guys, come with me. No, he's more like this. No, you can't handle this. What? Yeah, this ain't gonna be easy. He goes this, you're not able to serve the Lord for he is a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And and we in the New Testament go, thank you for your unconditional love. But here's a conditional situation going on here with Israel. And and Joshua saying, make sure you understand what you're signing up for by jumping off that diving board. And they turn to Joshua and they say, we will serve the Lord, we're in let's go, let's do this. 
And Joshua said, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. And watch what Joshua does. Well, then put away your foreign gods that are among you. What? Put them away. Huh? It's as if Joshua goes, I know what's in your tents. You've got idols in there to the pagan gods of the land that your God gave you. You're still you're still tempted to go back to the things of the world. Go back to your tents and get the stuff in your house that isn't serving the Lord. Don't put the sign up on your wall. Don't put it up in the sign of your wall and then turn that show on. Don't put that sign up on the wall and then do that in the basement. Don't put that sign up on the wall and then not commit to following the Lord. This is what Joshua was saying. He goes, I got, I got no time for this. I got no time for this. We love Jesus, unless it says this. I trust the Bible, unless it says that. I go with this, unless it does that. No, Joshua's, no, 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 no. Off the diving board with God. And the people are like, geez, Joshua, he's making this. He's like, yeah, I want commitment. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord your God, we will serve and his voice we will obey. And so Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and he put statues in and rules for them at Shechem. He said, we're gonna mark this down. Joshua's like, I'm gonna make this visible. We're gonna make sure that we renew this people that is Israel. And so he wrote these words in the book of the law of God and he took a large stone. So he wrote the words, they had the law and he wrote the words so they wouldn't forget. And then he brought in a large stone and he set it under a terebinth tree, which was by the sanctuary of the Lord. Whoa, he's like, bring a rock in. What is this about? And Joshua said to all the people, behold, this stone here shall be a witness against us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord that he spoke to us. Therefore, it will be a witness against you, lest you deal falsely with our God. This stone is going to be a visual reminder that we made a commitment, especially to the revealed word of God. That's what our family is going to serve. I started thinking, it'd be cool to have a big rock here on campus, this first day of renewal. I even sent, I said to one of my buddies who's a landscape, I said, you got a big rock. He goes, how big? <laughs> I got a lot of guys who enjoy this kind of thing. I said, I was thinking something like this. What do you think, what do you think? <laughs> I don't think we have the parking lot for that, okay, okay. And I was only a joke, but I said, could you possibly bring in a boulder and we put it out in front of our church and let it be a rock of renewal for our church? And, and they did. We, I, had a, I had a group of guys come that I'm um, just so excited they do this. And most of the rock is beneath the surface and you can even sit on it, which is really cool. And it serves as a firm foundation right out in front of renew. Maybe we'll label it or something and things like that. But for now, I just wanted you to walk by it. So if I drew attention to it, you were like, I didn't see that coming in. It was there. It was there. Some of you are like, I noticed it. But it's a symbol of the rock. You think Jesus would like our church built upon the rock as we move forward? Then it's going to take commitment, isn't it, church? It's going to take the wall of commitment. See, double vision is not some leadership guru talk. Double vision comes from the mouth of Jesus Christ. He's been leveraging that illustration from before there was time. Double vision, he says, I'll give you an attractive vision of your future church, a house built on the rock, and I'll give you a negative one, a house on the sand. 
If you want to build something that will last, build your house on the rock. How's your house doing? Can we say, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? For Jesus says, look at this. Everyone who hears these words of mine, they're right there. And he does them, not just hears them and says, that's nice, that's good for some people. But those who hear these words and does them, they're like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And then Jesus tells this story. He says, the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and they beat on the house. Ah, I kind of wanted to get saved and then none of that happened. Jesus says, no, in this world you will have trouble. But, but let me tell you how your house will turn out. But it didn't fall because it had been founded on the rock. That's an attractive vision. That, that's an attractive vision. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't, I don't want this. But, but then everyone who hears these words of mine, it does not do that. Wait, wait, they heard them? Yeah. See, there's people that hear the word of God every Sunday, but don't do them. He, they who, and, and look, none of us are perfect, so put away the judgmental hat. Let the Holy Spirit convict us, not the devil judge us, okay? But he who hears and doesn't do them is an illustration Jesus wants for us. It's like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. Stop doing that. Many of you went to the beach this summer. Many of you are at the beach watching me. Don't build your house on the sand because, because there's a repellent vision. Watch this. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and they beat against that house and it fell. And I hate this line. And great was the fall of it. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you're a young family here today, let this be an anchor down moment. If you're a college student, make that word house as for me and my dorm. If you're a senior saint, as for me and my room here. If you're living by yourself and you got a sweet new pad, as for me and this place, I'm serving the Lord. I'm jumping off that regardless of what people say around me. And we want to be a church that helps inspire those kind of people to live lives of renewal. And so we want to be a church that's about renewing the mind, the body, and the soul. Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of the mind. You've got to have God's word hidden in your heart that you might not sin in order to renew. It's a body thing too. Isaiah 41, they that wait upon the Lord renew their strength. There's a part of waiting for God that literally brings strength. Don't ask the Lord for renewal and not think your diet's not going to play evolve. It's going to play a role. I've had that every time in my life where I've God said, God, I need renewal in my life. He'll go, how about we talk about your sleep patterns? How about we talk about your food? How about we talk about this? That's a part of it. And when I get more disciplined there, you'd be amazed how much this mind gets a little bit more disciplined. And when the word of God is in me, you should see how it starts renewing my mind instead of conforming to the world. But then my soul, he saved us by the renewing of the Holy Spirit. In fact, we're called to be renewed day by day, not just Sunday. And so we want to be a church that doesn't just have this name, but that is in the business of renewing people. And we wanna make sure everyone understood it was through the Bible, Renew Bible Church. So that into our future, we will continue to grow people of all ages to a mature faith in Jesus Christ. And despite whoever he calls here, 
and whoever he leads here or whoever even decides this isn't the place for them. We pray that this place will be built on the rock and not on the sand. It was to Peter, he said, I tell you, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And to the church on the sand, 2 Timothy 3, 5, Paul said, having an appearance of godliness, they deny its power, have nothing to do with that. And that's a description of so many in the last days. We wanna be a church built on a firm foundation and over the next few weeks, we're gonna be talking about that firm foundation as we lead up to Baptism Sunday at the end of September, as we move into Communion Sunday next week and we talk about what renewal can mean for our own personal lives. It'll be a time of firm foundations. But church, renew isn't new. This place has been renewing lives for years. It's a part of our DNA. How many of you are so grateful for getting up in the morning on Sundays and driving to 1600 North 5th Street? Imagine if it wasn't here. Imagine if it wasn't part of your life. You know, this place is not filled with perfect people. This place is not gonna have its problems and difficulties at times. But we need each other. We're the body of Christ. We need to be pulling for each other in times like this. I had a mentor in my life say, Chris, you can do a lot of things wrong as a dad, but here's one thing you want to do. Make sure your kids are part of a local church and you will not regret that decision. And I still don't. And I pray it will always be that way. And I pray for you out there. If you've had trouble connecting or you've been hurt or there's been difficulty that's coming your way, make sure that I can attest to all those things for some of the most hurtful things have happened to me on the campus of 1600 North Mystery. It's not a perfect place. Some of the greatest moments of my life have been here. And as we continue to grow into the future, I pray that you would think about saying, hey, it's time. As for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. Some of you noticed my Bible. It was given to me by the staff this Friday, so it's relatively new to me. And in it, they went through and highlighted all their favorite verses and wrote a prayer for our church. I opened up Joshua 24. I said, this Bible's new to me. And, um, and there's a prayer written in it by one of our staff members after highlighting, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It says this, dear Lord Jesus, so thankful for this verse and a family of godly leadership. So thankful for parents who loved you and the body here at First Baptist Church over the years who have helped develop the love for you in my own children. I pray that Renew Bible Church would continue to impact families for Christ in the many decades to come. Signed, Darla Mulhall, who knows a few years at this church. I pray this is a time of renewal for your family, for your own personal life, and you leverage a moment where your church is renewing to say, God, I wanna look back at this time and I wanna renew some things. Come back next week thinking about what do you not want to bring into the future? What habitual sin needs to be done? What thing in your house needs to be out of it? And how could you renew your commitment to Jesus Christ? I pray we inspire you to do just that. In Jesus' name.
We pray all these things over our church, Lord. You are the rock. You are our firm foundation. And upon this rock, we will build our church. And we know your scripture promises. The gates of hell will not prevail. The winds may blow. The floods may come. You've gotten us through the Great Depression. You've gotten us through unrest. You've gotten us through a pandemic. You'll get us through the future. We trust in you. May it be said today, we will build this place on the rock of Jesus Christ. Renew Bible Church of Percocy. We commit it to you. In Jesus' name, amen.